Howdy partners, welcome back to another episode of the Howdy Partners podcast, the podcast where every week you will get a tangible takeaway or tip to uh, learn more about partnerships. Uh, I'm here with a full house actually for the first time in a little while. Um, people have been away or on trips and, and doing bits and pieces, so excited to have both my co-hosts on. Well, Tom, how's it going? Going good, going good. Yeah, things are moving in the partnership space. There's uh, so much momentum; it's it's not going to stop, and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, you're just riding the snowball downhill. Uh, it's been good. Likewise, <laughs> summer is busy. People are taking vacations. Everyone in Europe is off for six weeks. So, um, I miss that. I miss that. I have to admit, that was one of the things that like I had to get very very used to moving to the states. Like everybody loves working here, and nobody really likes taking vacation where. <laughs> Whereas in Europe, it's like you have to take you take two weeks every summer. Like that is that's just a thing you do, you know. Yeah. So that was a, a tough thing for me to get my uh, my head around for sure. Um, but yeah, it's the opposite here. Yeah, yeah. They, they force you to work. People <laughs> are just like strapped into their seats, mate. Nobody wants to take vacation, <laughs> but uh, but there we go. Um, well, cool. Yeah. So I think today we've got another uh, cool episode. This kind of follows on. From an episode previously where me and Will talked about, you know, how to define your IPP and then a little bit around how you conduct outreach to actually reach those potential partners. So this is really a follow on from that. You've booked the meeting. Now what? Right. And this whole episode is going to be about how to qualify those partners as as good partners. Ultimately, um, I know uh, we've all got some some strong opinions on this. So, so excited to kick things off. But. Uh, well, Tom, would you want to jump in and kind of get us going on on how you think about qualifying partners once you're on a, a call with them? Yeah, um, yeah. S- qualification is is super important, uh, so I'm just going to state that right up front. And I, I, it's much like you know, if you're vetting out candidates for a job, uh, your hiring manager, or you know, even you're you're a a company that's looking to hire a digital agency for work, you know, you you want to go through some form of qualification to make sure they're a good fit, uh, personally, right. A good fit, uh, you know, technically, and just a good fit across the board to execute upon what you're asking. And if you think about that in the same light of partnerships, uh, you know, you in the phase of your growth, uh, you know, you have your IPP, you know, what, what that leads to is ultimately now talking to them, you know, getting face-to-face, understanding who they are as a company, what their growth goals are, uh, are they aligned around technology, which we'll get into a little bit later on. And, you know, what that does or it doesn't do is now you've got a clear path to efficiently run your partnerships and ideally effectively run your partnerships versus, you know, the idea of just being in land and expand mode. Like we don't, we don't really care who is coming on and joining your partnerships. Like here's the paperwork, just sign, right? Like just sign. We don't care. And the problem with that is, you know, you're, you're playing the numbers game at that point and the numbers game isn't going to be in your favor because now you're hiring more people. You have misaligned partnerships. You, you have people that think you're a vendor and, and don't really do much for you. So I, I think qualification is one of those things where as you start to pick up steam, you understand your IPP. It's really important to flesh out what that means to you. Yeah. That's uh, those are, are great points. And so you mentioned something about the the land and expand, and it makes me think about uh, the traps that partner people fall into. And so let's say someone isn't necessarily just, you know, spraying and praying and trying to get as many partners as possible, but uh, they start having these conversations and the partnerships are either going nowhere or they lose momentum. What's the a, a trap that they can fall into when 
doing the initial conversations with partners and the initial, you know, kickoff with partners as a result of that? What's that trap that a lot of people fall into? Yeah, I think so. Well, let's, let's back up. One of the traps is by not qualifying, right? Like let's, let's just state that as something like if you are in Atlantic span mode, you are going to feel the pain and feel the burn after you start just launching tens and tens and tens of tens of partnerships every month, because you're not going to be able to handle it. Right. And you're going to know who's clearly kind of like picking up on it and who's not, but, but let's say you do have some form of qualification, but you're still kind of eager. You just want to get some partnerships under your belt. I think, I think a trap on both parts, one on the partnership organization, and then two on the actual partner side is you go through the honeymoon phase, right? You're, you're super excited. You guys, you're getting to know their business. You get to know them as people and you seem super aligned. And then, you know, you get through your onboarding phase and things just kind of slow down or they, they peter off and, and there's no real, there's no real North star. There's no real partner journey for them to kind of like pick the momentum and keep the momentum going. And, and I know that's like a whole different episode, different conversation, which is the partner journey and kind of like, what is onboarding? How are you structuring onboarding? The problem is if you don't keep feeding them and them feeding you, it's going to fizzle out. So truly one of the traps, I think is just being real and like realistic with yourself and, and kind of creating milestones that matter to you as a partner organization that you know your partners can fit into because then you see you see tangible growth you see tangible uh buy-in and we're not talking about you know like 10 milestones in the first three months we're talking about like three or four that are that are feasible tangible what that shows you is buy-in is is the ability to kind of like scale and go where we're going and so i i i I do think one of the most important traps to avoid is just like is, is not setting milestones, kind of like bringing partners in and just like, you don't have a path, right? Like choose your own adventure. And that never, that, that, that works in some semblance down the road, but you've got to get through that honeymoon phase and keep excitement going, uh, and, and momentum picking up from there. Yeah, that that structure will uh, upfront through that qualification will bring all of that, yeah. and uh, it's uh, it's like you know every idea is a good idea until you get out to the market or you know actually engage with the people that would be uh, using that idea or engaging with it, and then you get the real feedback. Right. And the only way that you can do that in partnerships is asking those questions upfront because you know it can be a good idea. They'll probably think, yeah, this is great, but it could all crumble after that. And so that's where that qualification comes in. Yeah. So. Great points there. And so um, I know when you and I worked together, we ran into situations where there were partners that were not as well qualified. I don't think that um, ever happened. And I won't go into examples. (laughs) Uh, But being in partner enablement, what happens when the partners aren't properly qualified for you? What is the backtracking have to do or, you know, where does the interaction crumble? I know you highlighted some of it, but let's talk about those like hard pains that uh, you as an individual felt trying to do enablement with a partner that wasn't proper. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it puts, you know, enablement for, for me, you're kind of seen as the doctor, right? Like you diagnose, you're checking up and you should be able to tell if something's not right. Um, and, and that's a really bad analogy, but it completely makes sense in my head. So I'm going to run with it. But the the problem is when when you don't have properly aligned or qualified partners that passed, you know, even through onboarding, you're going to see a lot of regurgitation. You're going to see a lot of stall. And, and what it does is it turns the enablement role or actually the partner manager role for that matter into triage. It turns it into into customer support. It turns it into operations because, you know, like think about a product, right? Like Vidyard's product 
albeit simplistic, has some very complex aspects to it. So it's it, like product enablement for me is of the utmost important. And I spend, and I hope that our, our partners spend all the time that I ask them to, to learn that product, because then you fast forward a month, we're on to bigger and better things. I'm not coming back to the table and saying, Hey, how do I upload a video? How do I record a video? I'm like that, that's stalling type material. So it it's important from a, from a, a trap standpoint and just from a qualification, you know, think back, think back to the idea of tiering, right? Think back to the idea of like your IPP and those alignment pieces are always kind of like, yep, checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. And now we're on to partnership. It doesn't necessarily stay checkbox or checked off, right? Like partnerships can go different directions. And, and I think just being acutely aware to like where, who your partner is, what their buy-in, right? And, and we're not, we haven't talked about this a lot yet, but the partnership mindset is really important. And I'm going to save that for another episode, but it's the idea of, do you have equal buy-in, right? Is this relationship one plus one and does it equal one or like 1.5? That doesn't add up, right? Are you giving enough? Are they giving enough, but you're not like, you've got to have the equal mindset or is it one plus one equals three? You're both strategically aligned. You're synergistically moving and talking about things that haven't been uncovered yet. And you're just kind of finely in tune moving down the field. That, that to me is the sign of a, a truly qualified partner when they have buy-in, they have the resources to, to action that, and they are investing time, right? Investing time is a huge thing that from enablement, I need to see. Talk to me. So you mentioned you mentioned enablement there, and I think it's interesting because not if you're not a fully mature partnership organization, chances are you don't have a dedicated right. enablement manager. Right? Oftentimes, you've got a partner development manager who's doing, you know, the activation, the enablement, everything all the way through through the development cycle. So somebody that sits in an enablement seat, what are some of the techniques or things that you use to really hold partners accountable to do those things that you? think set them up for success and, and really qualify them as a partner? Yeah. Well, and it, it, um, good question. It goes back to setting milestones, right? And, and it, this isn't meant to, this isn't meant to overcomplicate, right? Like if you look at milestones that you can set or homework, right? Like if I'm, if I'm onboarding a new partner, product onboarding or product training, product enablement, after every call, I am giving them a task list to complete before our next call. And that next call is usually in a week. And if I start to see that there's no buy-in, there's no effort to even like get their account set up or add their logo to their branded sharing page, that shows me that they're not fully invested into the partnership. So, okay, from there, we can triage. We can back up and call, call a timeout and say, listen, guys, do we... Uh, you're busy. Do we have the right resources to kind of launch this partnership? Are we just misaligned? Do I need to give you more time? Do we need to level set on expectations? And that's where that kind of doctor model comes in because you can call, you can call a pause, you can call a timeout. But the other side, of, the other side of it too, is, you know, tactically those milestones are there for us to both achieve, right? I'm not just giving them homework. Uh, or, or set goals like, Hey, we want to hit, we want to get you guys to have your first, uh, referral submitted after month one. That's on them. And, and for me, I'm going to show them all that I'm doing on the partnership. And I think what that does is it's like, well, you know, Tom's not here just kind of like coaching, guiding and acting upon. He's actually doing stuff too. And that builds that symbiotic relationship. So, you know, to long story, or, <laughs> TLDR, Ben, milestones and homework. And, and I think that comes with building your onboarding structure because it should start there. It shouldn't start after like month six. 
Yeah, and I think I think again it maybe moves away from the initial qualification, but I do think the the hitting of milestones in itself is qualification yeah. that is a good partner. Because to your point, if they're not willing to even go in and complete like the basic level, you know, onboarding training, product training, it it, it really probably is a sign of things to come. Yeah, totally. You know, they're probably not going to be a very engaged partnership. And it goes back to your point, Will. Like on the face of it, a lot of people will say, "Hey, yeah, I get the value in the partnership," but actually, like qualification and, and having them run through those steps is is a pretty easy one to fully fully qualify them, right yeah the, the way i like to boil it down to is the clear expectation setting yeah. and that starts right from the beginning because if you don't even have that you know mvp alignment then everything else won't be clear you know they'll be yeah. focusing on maybe the project but in a different way because you don't have that alignment and so that qualification helps with at least the initial impression um, and sets those basic expectations on moving forward. Um, because as an example, you know, if you are a marketing led organization, you're very strong there and your partner is more sales led, then, you know, if you don't uncover that early on, then you might just be throwing random programs at them that won't work um, just because that's how you do things normally. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah, all about those expectations. That, the joint value proposition is just so important in that kickoff call or even before, because that you nailed it. Will you've got to set expectations and align before you even get started. And the last thing I'll say on that too, Ben, you and I talked on an episode about uh, about tiering and and just like building that scorecard. And that scorecard goes into like the qualifying of of net new partnerships, which is what we're talking about right now. But in the long run, you know, like that, that scorecard is still really important because qualification doesn't just happen up front. It happens at those milestones. It happens every quarter, happens annually on your QB, like QBRs and stuff like that. So in the, the, the small things, right, we're not just talking about, you know, very like tangible numbers driven quals. We're talking about, are you ghosting me on calls? Are you not doing your homework? Are you not, you know, kind of practicing say do and that, that all matters and it, 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 it comes full circle. Absolutely. Um, so Tom, coming from the agency side as well, I'd love to get your take on, you know, when you were vetting partnerships, um, how did you approach that from the agency side, which will give some perspective, and then we'll dive into some more tactical things that maybe you used or that you would use today. Um, what was that like? Did you do that qualification on the agency side when engaging with tech? Partners? Yeah, we we absolutely did. And I, I think it's it's partially, it's very aligned to how Partners, partnership orgs should be qualifying as is, is, you know, are we aligned organizationally? Meaning, can we both see ourselves scaling and growing together, right? Like me feeding uh, relationships there. And, and more importantly, like me providing a solution to my customers that will work and that has, you know, a team behind it. And that's really important to kind of fulfill because I've actually, it's funny, when I was on the agency side from a video marketing standpoint, we went through the run of the mill HubSpot. We were Wistia partners. Their partnership side was like pretty developed, but they didn't have a lot of resources. Like it was all very self-sustainable, great product, but we wanted more. We wanted to build together. We couldn't have that. We went to 23 um, and 23 was kind of like just starting their partnership side. They were in EMEA, great org, like really bought into like investing in co-marketing and everything like that. But their product just wasn't, it wasn't scaling up as we needed to go. Then we finally came to Vidyard and we we saw alignment in both. We had dedicated partner resources that were willing to help us and invest. And we also saw a product that was trying to keep up with the HubSpot landscape, that was trying to keep up with the digital landscape. And that's a win-win. So just 
tying that back, like never settle, right? It, it, we do qualify. And for us, it's about the product. Can this product do what we want it to do? Can it help solve for our clients in any given time set? And on the actual partnership side, can we scale and grow together? Can we influence how you go to market? Can we influence your business, et cetera? That's really important. I love it. Yeah, especially that focus on how does this help the client, but also yeah. help us. And th those initial qualifications are really important. And Tom, you can say it. It's because I was on the team and you somehow thought yeah. I was British and you just wanted to work. I was so pumped. That's when I was leaving the agency side is when Will came in. But then I was so... I was so distraught that I decided to go work with him. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that has that effect on people. I, I have one more kind of question or, uh, or point, I guess, to have to, to put out there. So, again, you talked about the Vidyard maturity level, which was very mature, had a lot of resources available to him, had, had, had partnership teams. Qualification... I think still matters regardless of the team size, whether you're, you're a one person yep. partnership team or a, or a 10 person partnership team. So where you maybe don't have like software, for example, so you haven't got like a, an LMS or a partner, maybe, maybe you haven't got that, right? Maybe you haven't got um, other things that at, at a certain maturity level you are given. Any tips from both of you around like, okay, fresh partnership team, how would you go about qualifying partners when you don't have those resources available to you? Um, well, I, I my answer is you got to lean on your IPP at that point, but you also need to be very strong-willed to say no. Or, or I think more importantly, like strong-willed to build two paths. One is that active portfolio where you've got true strategic alliances that you're building together. And then maybe that affiliate channel where like, you know, like, Hey, we still want you to be a partner. We just don't, we're not aligned right now. Organizationally, we would still love for you to like act as a, a, a conduit to our business and, and vice versa. So I, I think having those channels kind of like discovered and, and built out, but like most importantly, like you're, you're completely right, Ben, Ben, it doesn't matter what, what maturity you're at, or you're, you're just starting qualification is still going to be important. Use the IPP and say no, right? Like take time and, and do what you need to do. Yeah. And I would say with that, you have to be intentional because you are so strapped for resources. And so um, perhaps the newer programs require more focused choice. So make the choice, you know, I'm going to work with these 10 yeah. partners. And then if you, you know, limit yourself to a select few, then you'll be hopefully, and if you're listening to this, you'll have the, the resources to do so, you'll be more intentional and you'll have much more structure to make those select few more successful. And I agree with Tom, you should not just only choose, you know, three partners, you should choose, you know, a handful of tech partners and then maybe some affiliates and you still want to test some things, but it's not you know, here's the program, we're going to scale it, we're going to hire people for it, we're going to, you know, buy these technologies for this program, because, you know, I think it's the the right thing. So um, small focus, be intentional, make the choice, and um, choose, you know, one or two different programs, and don't try and do it all. Uh, that's what I would say for yeah. anyone who's strapped for resources. Do not. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great. I mean, I, I like bring it back to, to real life examples. And again, I think everybody knows I'm a kind of month two and a half at Help Scout. And 
there's a lot of different areas we could go from a partnerships perspective. We get a lot of inbound interest from agencies and BPOs and you name it, you know, but for us, like we've got three main programs, affiliates, um, our star program, and then technology partners. But to Will's point, I have engaged with a couple of marketing agencies and BPOs, but they're more passive just to see and just to test, like maybe we start to see real, yeah. like real traction with one of those channels, because then it gives me at least data points to go back internally and, and get a headcount just to focus on agency partnerships or, you know, you name it. So, so I like the advice to be, to test, but also when you, when you start to see success, maybe double down on a couple of those, a couple of those channels. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. So Tom, let's dive into the, the tactical. So what are the top three questions that you should ask? And of course there's going to be more, but uh, just in your opinion, what are some of the major questions that should be asked when doing the qualification? Um, okay. So first, first question that you need to ask is, you know, just get a, get a glimpse into the, the kind of like the, the box of like how this organization works. How do they, how does your organization view technology partnerships? Um, you know, like how many tech partnerships do you have? Uh, and, and how have those relationships typically been run, right? Do you, do you, um, do you see those as, as ventures where you can build net new services around it? You can build go-to-market positioning, or do you just see it as something like if it pops up, you're going to refer business in, right? That's an important question. And it helps you kind of dictate whether it's going to be a strategic alliance or maybe just a better affiliate or referral style program. Uh, and it, then it ties into like, do you have dedicated resources? I, I think this is, this one is so critical and foundational, but you know, you could be talking with CEOs, you could be talking with the head of sales, you could be talking with, you know, marketing, whatever. If they don't have someone that is going to be finally in tune with this relationship, almost as like a secondary job role, then it's going to be very hard for you to execute and scale and mature together because you know, you're going to be working with a CEO. He's going to be doing other things. He's going to be worried about other partnerships. He's going to be worried about his business. Sometimes like they are bought in and invested. I'm not saying that there's a specific job role that should, that works well or doesn't. You'll see CEOs that are completely bought in and carry partnerships to new levels, but always make sure you've got mm -hmm. dedicated resource or resources to scale together. Point of contacts, huge. And then uh, finally, it, and this one's really, really important. It's something that you and I talked about before this, Will, is how is your company set to go to market? And and I, I know this more from like the service or the agency side, but it, it still is pretty tangible on like the technology partner side too, but there are certain go to markets or like uh, um, how your company sells at, at like the core. Are you on a point system? Are you value based? Some of those work really well and some of those don't. And, and you'll have to uncover that. Like that, that differs organizationally, I would say, like based on how you sell your product. But once you find that alignment, you might say, okay, you know what? Agencies that sell are just doing content, right? They don't do video production or they're, uh, they're into like point-based selling that might not align very well with us. doesn't mean they can't be a partner, but maybe once again, mm -hmm. they go down that more self-serve or, or, uh, affiliate track versus the ones that sell value-based. They, they do video production, they do video selling to house sales enablement. And that's funny because I'm just kind of giving you guys a glimpse as to what Vidyard looks for. They have sales enablement, video production, dedicated resources, value-based selling that works really well with us. Uh, but those three questions, mm -hmm. right? How does your view technology-based partnerships and how those relationships been run? Do you have dedicated resources that you can align to scaling and growing this partnership? And tell me a little bit about how your company goes to market. How do you sell? What's your selling system like? Uh, are you product sales or marketing led? 
Nice. And the best way to prepare for that, look at the ideal partner profile and write out those questions. And I think, you know, just at least be intentional yeah. with entering into the the conversation with that preparation and that um, that initial exposure to this is why I'm actually talking to this specific partner type. So, you know, we should aim to achieve this on the call uh, as our common North yep. Star goal. And then, of course, you can take it from there with the questions and then you'll get into conversation. Um, so what should be next step after they're qualified? Uh, this will be, of course, our, our next episode. But um, what are, are the thoughts on qualifications done? What's next? Qualifications done. Get get ink. Let's get this partnership off the ground. I, I don't know. I mean, you guys might have a better answer. Close that. Deal. Yeah, but yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, um, I think once you qualify them, it starts with like some of the more tangible activities. We touched them on, touched them on, on them a little bit, right. Around like actually signing the partnership agreement. How do they register deals? I think that would be like a good or will be a good next podcast around like some of the specifics that are needed once you've qualified a partner partnership agreement, some of the boring stuff, but some of the necessary stuff that people might not know about, so to speak. Agreed. Cool. Love it. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in everyone. And uh, we're excited to, to talk to you again next week. Cheers guys.